Well, good morning, everyone. Come on. Come on. Y'all excited to be here this morning? Yes, I love it, Edgar. Pastor E. Well, guys, I just want to say, man, thank y'all for coming this morning. Thank y'all for joining us online. If this is your first time with us, we are in a series of Habakkuk. Man, this is our third week in this study, in this book. And so which is so interesting about this book, it's unlike any other book for the fact being that Habakkuk is a prophet, okay? And most prophets will actually go and tell the, the nations and, and what's going on, what God is telling him, and he's, he's directing that communication to them. But the difference is with this book, Habakkuk is actually has these personal struggles, his journey of trying to believe that God is good when there's so much evil and tragedy in the world. Can, can some of y'all relate to that? When there is so much happening in today that it's sometimes hard to grasp the concept that God is good. And this is where he's at. And unlike any other prophet, Habakkuk, Habakkuk doesn't accuse Israel of their wrongdoing. He doesn't even speak on God's behalf. But instead, it's, this is a personal addressing to God. It's a dialogue between him and God only. This is how it starts off. Habakkuk casts his complaint to God, and God responds. And then once again, he casts his complaint again, and then God responds. And this morning, church, I just wanted to, to read, just to really just toss this idea out and for us to start thinking about, because this morning we're going to talk about choices and that the decisions shape our mindsets and our worldviews. How are you making your decisions? How do you respond when God answers your questions and complaints and concerns? Do you, do you grumble? Do you run away? This morning, let's, let's just pray as, as the Lord is going to just really just share and impress what he has for us this morning. The choices. I know we have choices to make, and God wants to help you make sure that you make the right choice. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you come to meet with us. God, that, that's just who you are, God, that you are God with us that you want constant communication with us. So, Father God, we come to you this morning in complete surrender so that you can have your way. Help us surrender anything that is not of you so we can have all of you. In your name we pray, amen. So I found this interesting fact as I was just researching, and, and it's, it's this, is that the average adult makes 35,000 decisions in a day. And that's a lot of decisions. And this is pre-COVID, so I can't even imagine the decisions that a lot of us are dealing today. So our generation has this problem with being indecisive. There's so many reasons why that is. And I think one of the main reasons is that we have too many options. You see, it's really easy to decide if we have three or four things to decide between you can weigh them pretty easily, but it seems like even more today, right? Like, should I work from home, or should I work in the office? Should I go to church in person, or should I watch online? Should I watch something on Netflix, Prime, Hulu? And then once I decide which one of those platforms, what do I watch? There's just so much stuff out there. When you have thousands of options, it's increasingly difficult to make a choice. 
And why does this matter? Because our choices matter. All of life is shaped by the choices that we make. We make our choices, and our choices turn around, and they make us. Let's just jump in in our main text this morning, Habakkuk verse 2, and we're going to pick up in chapter 1, I mean verse 1, and it says this, it says that I will take my stand in my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Verse 2, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run with it, who reads it. For still the vision awaits at its appointed time, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up, it is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. This morning we're going to pull three observations in decision making as we are called to make not just good decisions, but godly decisions. In doing so, we must remain, we must receive, and we must respond. We must remain. Looking at verse 1, he says that I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I will give to this complaint. See, Habakkuk chooses to take ownership in what God has called him to do when he says, my stand, my watch post, station myself. See, he doesn't relent. He doesn't say he's looking to see, and then eventually he's going to let go. He says that, no, he's going to wait, not for a specific time, like, I'm going to wait a week, but until the Lord responds. See, oftentimes we focus on our timeline and the desires that we lose sight of the vision. We sometimes become selfish and possessive by saying, my time, my dreams, my finances, my church, until they ask me to do something, until they ask you to serve, until they ask you to lead a group. So remaining in him requires selflessness. Selflessness. Habakkuk was selfless in standing there. He knew his position as a prophet. He was like, I'm going to remain here. Why? Because I'm the mouthpiece of God to speak correction into the nation. I'm going to be here waiting on God, remaining in him until he moves so I can speak to the people of Judah. We need to remain in position because if not, we get impatient instead of waiting on God. We make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions, which leads us to just jumping to conclusions you follow the foolishness of the heart instead of the wisdom of the word. And we move from a place of conviction and purpose to convenience and pleasure. So this is all out of our own choosing. It's what the people of Judah chooses for themselves, but this is not what God has for us. And what is hindering you from remaining in your position? What's hindering you from moving forward on what God is trying to speak to you? For me, I remember vividly, it was fear. I was actually scared on what God was going to say because I mean that I had to obey. 
I was scared the guy was going to call me to get me out of my comfort zone, and me getting out of my comfort zone meaning, means that I can't do to some of the things I was doing before, but that also means I had to wholeheartedly depend and trust on God. See, Habakkuk's decision to remain in position, to remain at the watch post, to remain at the tower allowed him to receive what he needed from the Lord. Receive. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run of it who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It's not so much if the Lord will respond, but if we receive, what will we receive when he does? Will we receive it? How does that look like? See, the Lord instructs Habakkuk on what to do. He says, hey, write it. Wait for it. He's not to be discouraged while waiting for it. All these things that he was instructed to do had to do with his current situation. Now, what's happening now? What are you currently waiting on now? What is something that you're becoming discouraged about now? Habakkuk had a choice to follow God's instruction just like we do. And he did. And he did. And what I find most fascinating is when God responds in Scripture or personally through prayer, he doesn't talk a whole lot about our future. But he talks a lot more about character and calling. That's, that's really interesting. See, because the reality is, is this, is that where you're going in life may not be as important if your character doesn't measure up, it's your character that will enable you to receive the fullness of what the Lord has for you. When we receive God's timing, his way, we'll receive his will for our lives. See, verse 3 says, it encourages Habakkuk, and, and, and as well as us today, it says for us to wait that it will surely come. This is a promise from God. And I love what Numbers 23, 19, it's a, it's a really a great reminder of why we can receive what God says with confidence. It says that God is not a man that he shall lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. He said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? He will do it. God will do it. He will complete it. God tells Habakkuk, it seems slow. Wait for it. Wait for it. It will not delay because it is on my timing. It is on his timing. And church, listen up. Some of y'all need to hear this this morning, that God's delay is not God's denial. Let me say that again. That God's delay is not his denial. You have to wait for it. You have to remain in position. You have to receive his answer before moving forward. I remember it was, uh, it was May of 2010. I remember I, I, it was about three years of me walking with the Lord, and I'm remaining in position, and I'm praying about my future, what my life would look like, what am I supposed to do. I've changed my major several times, you know, and it's just confusing in this moment for me. And I said, Lord, what is it that you're calling me to do? What do you want from me? 
What is my plan? What is the plan for my life? What is the purpose that you have for me? And I remember he begins to tell me, he says, Austin, I, you're here in Austin, but I planted you here for a season, for a moment, just to cultivate some growth in you, to mature you. But I want to uplift you, and I want to move you to San Antonio. I want to actually establish you in a place where you don't know nobody. You have no friends, no family. But I want you to, to start and establish a ministry to, for the advancement of my kingdom. And in fear, in fear, I was paralyzed with fear because it's like, man, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. This is not, he's not talking to me. Lord, why, why are you calling me to do such a thing? I'm shy. I'm timid, giving him all the excuses of why he shouldn't send me. I remain in my position. I receive the word. And then when he said go, I said, God, if I know who you are. I know what you've done. And I'm going to go. I don't know what it looks like. I am scared out of my mind. You're good. And that's enough for me. A year later, fall of 2011, I came and planted myself in this place, this foreign place, not knowing what life was going to look like, not knowing what God was going to do. But he was more concerned, not with what my future held, but with the character that he was developing in me. Because when you have character, when you receive what God is trying to do, then he can entrust with more. And he wanted to do more in me and through me, but he had to move me to another place. And lastly, respond. Respond. Verse 4, it says, Behold, his soul is puffed up, and it's not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. So we are called to live by faith and nothing else. Hebrews 11, 1 will say, Now faith is the confidence in which we hope for and assurance of what we have not seen. Hebrews 11, 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but is the gift of God. See, some Christians live by devotion. Some Christians live by works. They live by feelings. They live by circumstances. Some even live by the way of the Dallas Cowboys. But each of these meaningless, all of these are meaningless and perhaps dangerous without faith. Everyone say, whoa. Whoa. In the text, there are five woes listed in chapter 2. They provide a warning to not, not only to Judah and even And these are the dangerous results of us making decisions apart from God. See, verse 6 says, woe to him who heaps up what is not his own. Verse 9, woe to him who gets evil gain from his house. 
Verse 12, woe to him who builds a town of blood. Verse 15, woe to him who makes his neighbors drink. Verse 19, woe to him who says, says to a wooden thing, awake. He's talking about theft. It's talking about greed, violence, drunkenness. And lastly, it's talking about idolatry. And when I look at these five, I, I know that it, it's clear that we can make these decisions, you know, to end up and in slipping into these, these places like this. But the one that I find personally that's, that's, that ends up sneaking in at times, you know, can I be vulnerable this morning? The one that I find creeping in at times is woe to one who says to a wooden thing, awake, to idolatry. Because this is the thing, is that idolatry, that idolatry is simply this, it's an, an idol is this, is that anything that competes for God's place in our heart, no matter how good it may be. So it's really easy for anything to become an idol. Whether it's your job, whether it's your spouse, whether it's any of those things, anything that is a gift from God become, can become an idol. And I say that because I remember when we first planted a church in 2014, I was moving from my, my, my apartment. I was packing. I spent some time, years praying, man, Lord, like, man, I'm believing for a spouse. Come on. <laughs> I'm believing for a spouse. Like, man, my friends are getting married. I am tired of seeing them in their Instagram posts. I'm tired of them, like, you know, being the third wheel. I'm just like, man, I'm done with y'all. You know, not really, but, you know, you feel that way sometimes. And I'm packing, and I'm praying to God, and I'm just listening to worship music, and I said, Lord, when is it my turn? You know, I, I shifted from a place of being, uh, being in gratitude to a place of an entitlement. And the Lord said this. He said, Austin, he said, what if, what if I told you not to get married and to remain single for the rest of your life? Would you do that for me? Would you do that for me? And for the first time, I hesitated. I hesitated. And this is where he was really just showing in my heart that there was, there was some idolatry that I idolize the idea of marriage and what God can give me instead of just worshiping him. That was my choice to do that. That was my choice to uplift him uh, or remove him and put marriage in this place that my wife was going to give me everything. And I remember just being heartbroken, being upset, because I was like, man, I didn't see this come in. I didn't see this sneak in, and I had to repent. I was like, I mean, Lord, I am sorry that I idolized a gift versus just, just loving and pursuing and choosing you, responding to you. God, I'm ready. If this is what you've called me to, then Yes. It wouldn't be till six years later that I would actually, uh, actually like four years later that I would actually be able to be a husband. But first, God needed to do some internal work in my heart. 
He needed to remove some things. He needed to change my response. And this is the thing is that our response, our choices should be a daily act of surrender. I had to surrender that to the Lord. We have to choose God daily. We have to choose to carry our cross daily. We have to choose his word daily. In verse 3, Habakkuk was called to wait on the promise that God shared with him. Although he, he didn't really see it come to pass, he didn't see it be fulfilled. He stayed in position. He waited. Us looking, you know, looking back, we, we can see the promise fulfilled. The lifestyle of remaining, receiving, and responding is all what Jesus did. His life was marked by it. He remained in uninterrupted relationship and fellowship with the Father that made him the only person to be able to pay for our sin and our debt and our crime. He received our punishment on the cross, and he responded with complete surrender as he gave up his life. Church, this is the good news. The good news is that God came down that he did the work, that he paved the way and what it looks like to make fruitful, godly decisions. This morning, I, I know this much. I know that a lot of us here came here with decisions to make, whether it's to leave, whether it's to stay, whether it's to fight, whether it's to pray. God is mobilizing you to a place not, over, not only to make a decision, but a place of faith so you can make the right decision. Would you stand with me this morning? I, and what I want to do this morning, I, I want y'all to, to, to really just kind of be like Habakkuk. And may cast your, your, your fears, cast those things onto the Lord, and let the Lord respond to you this morning. Some of y'all are carrying some things that y'all don't need to carry. Some of y'all need to surrender those things to the Lord. Some of y'all are waiting for answers, and God is going to deliver that to you today. For some, God is saying, hey, don't relent yet. Don't give up yet. And what we're going to do, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. Which is to counsel us. He's the great, the great counselor. Go ahead and, and close your eyes with me this morning. For those at home, do the same. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in this place that we don't have to ask you to come, that you're already here, that you're moving, God, that you are asking us to come to you, to hold our position, to do not relent, do not give up, so we can receive the direction and faith that we ask, Lord. Father God, you know the burdens that each individual has as they came in this morning. 
I hear the Lord just saying, he says that he's enough. That he is enough that you can cast every fear, every burden. That he's enough to carry it all. Father God, we, we thank you. We thank you that the choices we make matter and that you have concern for those things. But God, I pray that you would just flood everyone's heart, God, that you would just speak to them individually, that you would help them make the decision, the right decision, the godly decision, the faith-based decision. God, although times may be difficult and hard, Father, you, it's your word, it's you that grounds them. So Jesus, we thank you for that, God. We thank you that you are with us. And there's another group of people who has a second choice. And this is for you to just decide to trust in Jesus. Decide to say yes to God this morning. To surrender not just your choice, but everything to you. To make him your Lord and Savior. And if that's you this morning, we're just going to pray a quick prayer. I want everyone to recite this with me. There is power in unison and agreement. If y'all would just pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner saved by grace. Lord, I choose to surrender my way, my timeline. And I choose to trust you and follow you and make you Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.